You're listening to a Sim Media podcast. Hello, spooky friends. I hope you're okay. I hope you're safe and healthy and all those important things that are quite hard to be at the moment. I'm Grace. Welcome to Dead Beat. Dead Beat is a podcast where we pick two spooky songs and go on a bit of a rabbit hole through music, pop culture, history, because we really need a diversion right now and Halloween is on the way. How are you going to spend Halloween this year? I don't think it's going to be easy. I'm actually not quite sure how I'm going to spend it yet, but I have bought a lot of chocolate. Actually, come chat about your Halloween plans. I'm curious to know how everyone's spending it this year. So come find me on Twitter and Insta at DeadBeatSyn, so it's DeadBeat and then S-Y-N. Let's chat. I also put up a lot of playlists and just random bonus spooky stuff on the old socials. Anyway, today's podcast has a bit of an unusual theme. It is Stephen King themed. This is Stephen King Day. Is that a real day? Don't think so. Okay, I just looked it up and no, there isn't actually a Stephen King Day that I'm aware of, but Stephen King's birthday was September 21st, so I guess we're not miles off? We kind of missed it. Anyway, Stephen King famous, super successful writer of horror novels and all that good stuff, probably created one of the most confusing, inconvenient titles in the world. Just It. Like he just named a book It. That's so difficult to say in conversation and have people understand what you mean. He's also pretty into music, apparently. And the two songs that we're going to vibe with on this podcast are both inspired by his work. One of them is the Ramones writing this incredibly 80s kind of anthem for a movie based on one of his books. And the other one is this honestly genuinely creepy kind of experimental Kate Bush song inspired by one of his other books. Definitely still good spooky tracks even if you don't like or don't care about Stephen King. And after we talk about those songs, I share some additional gems with you to keep going down the rabbit hole. All of that is in this episode's YouTube playlist, which is in the show notes, or if you're listening to this on YouTube, you've kind of already got it. Also, content warnings or anything like that that you need to know, that's also in the show notes. Let's go! Also, by the way, if you can hear weird noises during this podcast at any point, it's very windy. I am in an apartment that's quite high up. Let's just pretend it's spooky ambience. Okay, Ramones time, first up. Kind of a random combination, Stephen King and the Ramones. But in 1989, the Ramones wrote an absolute banger for a movie adaptation of Stephen King's novel Pet Cemetery. Now I'm one of the people who usually says the word cemetery, but in this book and movie it's spelt S-E-M-A-T-A-R-Y, which kind of forces me to say cemetery. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Anyway, Pet Cemetery 
is a story about reincarnation and all the ways it can go wrong. There's a zombie cat, some zombie humans, and this poor main dude who's just kind of getting increasingly desperate and doing increasingly stupid things, while this ghost follows him around, kind of saying, stop making everything worse, please, you, you, you're, just, you're just making a worse situation for yourself, stop. But he doesn't stop. And fun times ensue. It's a pretty creative story, it's sometimes a little bit silly, and I'm not always sure if it's meant to be silly. Anyway, the Ramones song. It was based directly on the novel, and that was because Stephen King was apparently a huge fan of the Ramones before this movie had ever been made, and he invited the band to come and talk to him at his home about, hey, I've got this project, this movie, I'd like you to be on board and write a song, and he handed them a copy of the novel, Pet Cemetery, and apparently they came up with their first draft of the lyrics in an hour. Now, the song that they came up with is painfully 80s, in, in a good way. It, it, it's good pain, but it's pain. And the use of the song in the movie Pet Cemetery is probably my favourite thing about the song or the movie. Because if you know the story of Pet Cemetery, if you've read the book or seen the movie or someone just decided to spoil it for you one day, then you know that the ending of the story isn't the most cheerful, uplifting thing in the world, and this song is played in the end credits of the movie. So it's basically this wonderful example of tonal whiplash. Because you get dark, gruesome, depressing movie ending, everything's terrible, main dude has gotten himself into an awful situation, and then immediately... Here, have a Ramones banger. Enjoy this song now. And it's amazing. It, it's a weird effect. I'm not sure if it's supposed to be as weird as it is, but it definitely makes it memorable. The song itself didn't do that great. I think a lot of people did like it, but in the year that it came out, it did get a Golden Raspberry nomination for Worst Original Song. So meaning the worst original song written for a movie in that year. So in that respect, not the greatest reception in the world, but I feel like enough time has passed, uh, we can be the judges of that now. And also, in the 2019 remake of Pet Cemetery, there's a cover of that song by a band called Starcrawler, so people still like it. But I do have to say, even if you can't stand the song, even if you were the person who nominated it for the Golden Raspberry in the first place, I think you have to respect the music video. Because, oh my god, I am putting it in the YouTube playlist for this episode, so it's in the show notes. It's a supplementary spook, as I call it. The little goth cat just being carried around and chilling out in that music video is my favourite thing in the whole world. I'm not always sure if Pet Cemetery as a story is supposed to be silly or not. I am pretty sure the music video for the Ramones song is supposed to be silly, and it's amazing. I mean, yeah, that's a very reasonable statement. I don't want that either. 
Okay, now we're moving on to something a lot more experimental and also a bit less aggressively 80s. I think we all need a break. Next song in our Stephen King day is a Kate Bush track called Get Out of My House. And this song was not written for or used in a Stephen King movie like the Ramones song was. It was just inspired by his novel The Shining. Now, Stephen King famously hated the movie that was based on The Shining. He absolutely couldn't stand it. I have no idea what he thinks of this song, but eh, hopefully he likes it more. Anyway, the song Get Out of My House is honestly kind of harrowing. Like, I don't know a better way to describe it to you. It's kind of terrifying. I mean, Kate Bush has said that The Shining was the only book that she ever read that really scared her. And she was already pretty good at writing harrowing music, in my opinion. I, I love her for it. And so she kind of took the themes and the emotions that she got from reading The Shining and also kind of combined them with some inspiration from watching the movie Alien, which apparently also scared her. And she just kind of mashed those together to make this song. When you left the doors, you pause in the doorway. It's the worst thought stole you away. I want to pull you away. So I run to the home. So the album that Get Out of My House is from is Kate's fourth album called The Dreaming and that whole album famously has a really chaotic, intense sound. Like it's very full-on, over-the-top, there's nothing minimalist going on, it's kind of overwhelming. And I feel like this song is probably one of the best examples of that. It's just, there's so much going on. It's so intense. But that means that it's great for getting across the fear that she's trying to convey that she took from the themes of The Shining. Okay, so because I am about as eloquent as a sack of potatoes, I'm just going to read something to you. This is how Kate Bush described the song in an issue of the Kate Bush Club newsletter from 1982. The house, which is really a human being, has been shut up, locked and bolted to stop any outside forces from entering. The person has been hurt and has decided to keep everybody out. They plant a concierge at the front door to stop any determined callers from passing. But the thing has got into the house upstairs. It's descending in the lift and now it approaches the door of the room that you're hiding in. You're cornered, there's no way out, so you turn into a bird and fly away. But the thing changes shape too. You change, it changes. You can't escape, so you turn around and face it and scare it away. So obviously it's not directly about the specific events of The Shining, the book or the movie. It's just inspired by a certain sense of panic and fear that she took away from reading the book. And I kind of love how she captured that in a song. Okay, now it's supplementary spooks time. 
So aside from the two very different Stephen King-inspired songs that I've been talking about, I also want to share some extra gems with you. Just go further down the rabbit hole, which means that there's a playlist in the show notes of this episode. It has the two songs plus supplementary spooks. I love doing that effect. Maybe next week I'll just do the entire podcast with that effect. I probably will not do that. Anyway, what are the supplementary spooks for our Stephen King day? Well, obviously, apart from telling you again to please, please watch the Ramones music video for Pet Cemetery and see the little goth cat just vibing. It's so good. I'm also going to leave you with another example of Kate Bush being spooky, but this one is not like the Get Out of My House song where it's trying to be genuinely scary. This one is just a lovely bit of hamminess, campiness, over-the-topness. This is her music video for a song called Hammer Horror from her second album. It's great, it's ridiculous, it's got a cool dance, she's beautiful. And the last supplementary spook Okay, so this is a music podcast, and this episode was all about Stephen King. What about Stephen King himself playing live in a band made entirely of authors called the Rock Bottom Remainders, covering Creedence Clearwater Revival? Why not? If you're not new to Deadbeat, then you know that in the spirit of us spooky people coming together and helping where we're able to, at the end of every episode, I quickly shout out a great cause. And today I want to shout out Change the Record. So they are a justice coalition, and I'm just going to read their mission so I don't misrepresent anything. It's nice and simple. Our mission is to end the incarceration of and family violence against Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, which I think is pretty great. And they're also doing a lot of work with COVID-related policies at the moment. So the most direct link to donate to them is in the show notes for this episode, and I'm also putting it on all the Deadbeat socials. friends thank you for hanging out with me today thank you for being nerdy with me we have less than two weeks to halloween now so come join me counting down on the deadbeat socials so twitter and insta at deadbeat sin so it's deadbeat and then syn which is sin which is the organization that makes this podcast possible i hope you are staying safe and sane at the moment i hope you are being kind to yourself that's very important do that please I will see you next Wednesday for the last episode of season one, ah, which is going to be bigger, more music, probably the weirdest collection of music that I have ever put together in one place, and it's going to be about famous monsters. But until we do that, spooky friends, take care of yourselves.
And before we finish up, I want to acknowledge that I record and produce this podcast on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I'd like to pay my respects to the elders and traditional owners of this land, and I want to acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. You're listening to a Sim Media podcast.